Hello, and welcome to Tuesdays with Noah and Gav, brought to you by the TV Arc and the Arc of E Network. My name is Noah. My name's Gav. Or Gavin. Yeah, or Gavin. And we're the Blanchard Brothers. But we went with Noah and Gav because it sounded like a better title. If you think it's terrible, please do let us know. This is part of Detective December, yes. everybody, carrying over from the movie arc, uh, which hopefully you listened to our previous episode, our top 10 favorite movie detectives. If you didn't, it's okay. It's over there. Go check it out. Probably more likely that you listen to that than this because the TV arc, you know, we haven't done much with it in a yeah. while. I covered a whole season of television by myself, you know. Is what it is. It did its thing. And much like the second <laughs> season of True Detective, nobody cares. Yes, nobody <laughs> cares. Uh, but from the top, I should say, uh, if you did listen to that episode, you heard me say, okay, on Monday, head over to the TV arc and listen to what we're about to talk about, season one, True Detective. But, you know, I messed up, okay? Yeah, I messed up. It was right there in front of me. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Time is a flat circle. So yes. Yes. it didn't occur to me. Tuesdays. <laughs> it's just it's right there. Yeah. So we're going to release on Tuesdays. And that will continue into January when we start covering season three. Because I figured, you know, we're probably going to have to watch it independently on Sunday night. Yeah. And maybe that'll give me time to, like, rewatch it, take notes, mm-hmm. because that's kind of what I did for here and now. I didn't rewatch. I usually just recorded right afterwards. But given that there's a lot of other after shows for True Detective, presumably that are coming back, we got we to gotta step up our game, you know? Yeah, no, we so, got to be on point. Yeah, exactly. So we'll take it a little extra time, but the plan will be to release the Tuesday after the episode airs on Sundays. So do they that's throw, the plan going forward. Do they Tuesdays. throw it up automatically, like, same time on the app? Or do you have to wait for it to premiere and then watch it? No, it's like as soon as it's live, as soon as it's airing, like, on television, it's available okay. on HBO Go. Gotcha. So you'll be able to watch it, like, okay. immediately. That I think it's going to come on at 9. We'll, we'll figure all that out behind the scenes. But yeah. we're going to cover it. We're yeah. going to do this. Barring a... Uh, do uh, not leave me hanging, man. I will record it by myself. No, if no, I have to. no, dude. I'm I'm on board. Like, I don't know whose idea this was, but uh, to follow it episode by episode, but I definitely feel like it was like a g- collaborative thing for us to say, let's just make December, Detective December, and we'll go back through True Detective. We'll bring yeah, in some movie we'll, stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll say from the top, we're, <laughs> we did not make the, the effort to go by every single episode and do individual recaps because that exists there's tons of those out there the one i would recommend is from bald move i'm sure they're going to be covering season three going Mm -hmm. forward we'll see um i'm gonna have to not listen to their coverage so it doesn't influence ours i'll wait till the season's over but uh, i highly recommend their season one and two recaps if you're looking for that sort of thing what we're gonna do is this week we're gonna talk about season one very generally our recollections of it uh f- favorite characters scenes moments etc uh and then season two is one that i still actually have to prep for because i've only seen it once in its entirety unlike season one which i've rewatched many a time uh but yeah so i'm looking forward to that because we we've talked about it we like season two yeah i'm, so, I'm in the middle of the downer episodes towards the end and i'm just like motherfucker gotcha, i don't want to yeah. do and maybe this. We'll, we'll just we'll go ahead and put it on the table that let's try not to reference season two no, at no, all for the rest not. of this episode no. we will get to it next week i will hopefully have some fresh thoughts for you um 
But yeah, I'm gonna start rewatching that tonight. Actually, Good I just finished you. the Deuce season two. I had to catch up on some stuff before we do our year end top ten list, which is coming eventually. Before before the year is over, we'll yeah. get them up. You got at least ten shows you watched this year. Uh, yeah. You put together. I think so. Net Netflix counts, right? Netflix counts if it's a series. Yeah, not yeah. Not a not a movie. Yeah. What if it's like a limited docu series kind of thing? That works. We're talking about the staircase. Like Evil Genius. I, yeah, that works. Okay. Yeah, you can put whatever you want on I'm there. I'm not going to talk about the staircase. I don't know. Okay. An owl did that shit. That's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry, Samantha, but an owl did that all right. shit. Are, are you ready to mainline the secret truth of the universe? Where do you want to start? Yeah, how about just... All right, all right, all right. From the dusty mesa, looming shadow Did you watch it when it first aired? No. You weren't watching it week to week. This is the beautiful part. You watched season two first? No, no, no. So, You're not one of those people. No. Right? So here's I what know happened. somebody that did that. I can't. Here's what happened. It. So I'm in Florida for the first time. I, you know? And. Ever in your life? No, not ever. I mean, like staying like I do like a week now. And of course, we get down there on a Saturday. And this was the first time. So we came like the, the last. Saturday was June, and then, like, that following week bled over into the 4th of July, and the next Saturday was the 4th of July. Somehow, this is the only time we ever stayed Saturday to Saturday and left Sunday. Usually, we stay Saturday, Saturday, leave Saturday. Okay. And, of course, this condo has HBO. Nobody's doing anything on a Sunday night. And I'm like, well, what's this? What is this true detective thing? I don't don't know what this is about. Let me watch it. And I watch the episode where um, the guy with the crow headdress shows up at the very end and i was like what the hell is this to be specific yeah yeah. i was like what the hell is this this is crazy you know and i go out to my buddy zan and he's like did you not see the season one i was like no and his exact reaction was i mean mcconaughey and i was like oh Wait a minute. What? What? What do you mean, McConaughey? What are you talking? And he explained Were you to just me. under a rock that whole because I had to be yelling at you about it. I was watching it when it was airing. Like I know I was telling everybody that wasn't art, but all of my friends were already watching it. Like, I don't. I didn't have HBO, and I don't know where you were when this came out. I was you here. You weren't living with Charleston. me. No, I wasn't with you. But I don't know if you were like at that nice place around the corner from where I live now, or if you'd finally moved down here. I but I we didn't, just said I was down here. Yeah. There, it was 2014. Yeah. I had, like, just moved down here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to, and for the lovely listeners at home, they can hear this firsthand. You got to remember, there was a time we didn't see each other every week, and we didn't talk to each other every Very week. Very true. But so, I feel like I would have made an exception for this. Anyways. Maybe. Okay. So, so you, you came to it much later. Yeah. I mean, I when I asked you if I could borrow the first season, and you let me borrow the, the DVDs, that's the first time I watched all the way through. Now, I quit watching... Like, I'd watched that second, ep- uh, was it the second, third episode of season two. I came to you and got it, and I ran through the first one, like, 
and then Done. went back to and then two. i was like okay but I, I remember discussing season two with you like as it was coming out mm-hmm. you and my buddy tim niles uh shout out to tim yeah and uh I can't remember if Evan was watching season two as it was happening, but everybody was collectively like, talk, we said we weren't going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it a little bit. Oh, you know. But everybody's having to. varying reactions yeah. because pretty much everybody loved the first season. That's also partly why I feel like we don't need to go through beat by beat no, yeah, and no. remind you of everything, yeah. especially since it's not going to have any bearing on season three. But, but yeah, what what hooked you about it? What did you like about it? We're talking specifically first season, and why do you think it is this, you know, high bar at this point that the series has to live up to, but a lot of just, like, television in this era is kind of judged against? It's kind of this, like, one of the new pinnacles. Post, you know, Mad Men and Breaking Bad were still airing at the time, if I'm Mm -hmm. not mistaken, or maybe Breaking Bad had completely finished, uh, but Mad Men still had, like, a season left, I feel like, or more, but... This was kind of that, like, there is more to the the current golden age of television and kind of redefining what a procedural could be or what a cop show could be. Um, The one thing that jumps out at me first that I I always think about, um, and I I say that, I'll I'll wrap it in this. Do you know that for the longest time after The Exorcist, Max von Sydow could not get work because everybody thought he was old because of the makeup? Yes. That's it. When they first sit down and you see how old and how aged McConaughey and Harrelson are, I'm like, all right, what is this? And then I get them in the 90s. And it's like night and day. And that, to me, is the one thing that I love, is the passage of time and the idea that you and the recollection of time through your own lens to fit your own like needs because there's plenty of times in the show where, you know, I was just this, you know, a regular dude with a big dick and that's it. That's what Woody Harrelson does. But you see so many different things about his life that are complicated and like messed up and just, you know, terrible on certain levels if you're just looking at it. But when you look at what they're paired against, you're like, well, it's not as bad as that. And, to see how they changed them recollecting why all put under the uh, uh, the umbrella of well there's something still going on with this case and we actually think maybe one of you have something to do with it that's beautiful because they're recollecting everything to you under the guise of this is still going on and now they think that maybe you know somebody who was close to it back then has something to do with it or knows more than they're letting on. And one of the things I love is when he talks about, like, you owe a debt because of what you did in the past. It has caused all this chaos in the future, and now you have to come help me, and we got to get the one we we, we forgot. Mm-hmm. We got we to we get him. And I just think going back and forth with time, telling the story that way, and – how they recollect it as to what actually happened, I think that's beautiful. Yeah. And that, that just goes it's into the kind great of a, writing. It's kind of a magic trick that you know they it's they were never going to be able to just like, let's do that again with season two. <laughs> but the structure and the editing in particular is so much of like what ropes you into the show. Because presumably, you know, you're questioning it all the first couple episodes, but what you kind of start to piece together is, 
what we are seeing is in fact the truth if you will Mm -hmm. and then what we're hearing is their different interpretations and or stories and we're wondering why certain details don't match up all that sort of stuff which is beautifully layered and i remember you know watching it the first time up until i'm gonna say like episode six or seven i'm still like did mcconaughey do this like did yeah. McConaughey go off his rocker and up like, until up what, until he know. takes him to the storage shed, I was like, oh shit, exactly. Like, what the? And then you're and, like, and nope. I I love that it walks that line because still the whole time you're like, oh, I love this character, like I'm fascinated by this character, but does he have that in him? And it it speaks to the performance that you're like, yeah, it could. It felt at any moment like it could have gone that direction, exactly, but it never did. The other big lingering thing, which seems to be the main kind of dividing line over people who loved season one slash people who really liked it, but were ultimately a little deflated by the finale is the whole yellow King Lovecraftian illusions, all of that sort of stuff. Did you have any awareness of that when you were watching it, given that, you know, it was a year and a half removed. And if regardless, when, when you were having your own individual viewing experience, did any of that crop up? Did Were you waiting for it to possibly go full-on supernatural at some point? Did that ever enter no, into your thought process? No, I've, okay. I, I looked at it more along the lines of a... Uh, I don't know how... I don't know if there's another accurate representation, but like the... I guess like the Cult of Thorn, Cthulhu, like mm-hmm. these men worshipped and did all this in the name of a false deity kind of deal mm-hmm. not so much that like there really was a yellow king in carcosa and whatnot i mean it it all was always so grounded and felt so real that it was like well yeah there's this that it, it, i completely buy that even though where they're on like the border of texas louisiana are they in the border where are they they're in Louisiana, right? Yes. He's come from Texas. They're in Louisiana, but not not Nolens, yeah. Louisiana. But it yeah. com- I completely buy everything about where this takes place, when it takes place, and why it takes place. And I one of the things I want to say up top that I get that I think relates to it is nowadays we were so entrenched with well, we found a bit of blood here, and let's do this, and let's microanalyze it, and in, in an hour we're going to find out that it was this dude's DNA that was left at this crime scene, whereas it shows you the beat-by-beat beat of, you know, running down leads, checking yeah, even, up on things. even just it's, dialing it back, you know, to the 90s, basically. With first. no cell phones. That's the beautiful part of it. Yeah, but even just dialing it back to that sets it in a time and place where we don't have the normal, you know, the mm-hmm. SVU present-day law and order rules which is still you know kicking down doors and questioning people and shit like that yeah. but yeah uh, there's a little bit of remove to it which i like mm-hmm. um uh i feel like we should we should maybe get into some favorites right now yeah what i'm gonna throw at you i'm gonna encourage you to pull up maybe the cast list so yeah. you can refresh your memory etc but uh i want to go with favorite supporting performance because you know Wiggum. we we can sit here all day and show Wiggum. that's it Okay. Beautiful. He's the to me. He's the thread. He's the one that pulls it all together for Cole um, to realize. Okay, I got it. There was something going down back here. It's it's Tuttle. It's it involves yeah. Tuttle. I don't know what, but it's Tuttle. So Shea Wiggum for me. That you pulled that out immediately. Yep. Dude. Okay. 
All you right. keep in mind, I just finished this like a week ago, I, and I've rewatched it like ten times. Yeah. Honestly, uh, yeah, season one, I am up Endless to at least at least seven complete viewings. Again, compare that to season two, which I've seen one time as it aired. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. You know how we talked about uh, Big Trouble being like a handshake movie? Mm-hmm. This is like a handshake show. Like for sure. I feel like when you when well, you, the second season, I feel like is a handshake show. <laughs> That too, but like in the first I mean, one, we're you... we're talking again, dude, about one of the highest rated shows in the history of HBO. Like first season runs, this was like ten million plus viewers for every episode. That's mm-hmm. like huge. Mm-hmm. So again, and the drop off from that to season two is very steep. So that's why I say season two is the handshake thing. That's where I'm like, you're fully on board with it because it's we'll get to it next week. Yeah. It's it is what it is. I've got I've got several but the more and more I go back to it Michael Potts as uh Detective Maynard Gilbo okay he's the older of the two present day mm-hmm. in the interview sequences yeah uh fans of the wire will recognize him as brother Muzone uh but he is just he's fantastic dude yeah he's got a lot of just a lot that plays on his face. And his partner, too, uh, Tony Kittles, or t- excuse me, Tori Kittles, is fantastic. But the two of them and their, like, dynamic, mm-hmm. which I almost, w- I'm like, in another show that's not so locked down to, like, the POV of McConaughey and Harrelson, we would get a little more with these guys. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't, like, I would watch that show. I, I honestly I wanted seriously, season two to be I that. would watch that show. But anyways, uh, other standouts... Uh, Kevin, is it Kevin Dunn? What is his name? Who does he play? It is Kevin Dunn. Uh, Major uh, Ken Casada. They're they're big overall guy. Oh yeah, in the yeah. Precinct. Back in the day, I don't think he runs through the whole show, but no, because he's there's in a, a big chunk of and it. And like he just it's it's so neat because like he bails halfway. Like when they cut to after that's done and they're still working it, when he gets like. He gets the guy, and the guy says, "Oh, I know something. You didn't get them all." And they take it to the new mm-hmm. guy. It's new people. They're like that guy's moved on or retired, but he's never mentioned of after he just leaves. And I, I love that because it, again, shows the passage of time. But it's just kind of like, yeah, we're getting these different recollections into, you know, what the two police that were doing the interviews, the two detectives that are doing the interviews. We're still kind of going, we're going along with them because it's their questioning, their narrative. They're, they're moving the narrative and the fact that they're asking about this old cold case that made, not made him famous, but was a big deal back in the day to them. And mm-hmm. they're just want to hear it from the guys who did it because they want to see if there's anything, any new angle they can come at it. And like the banter asking who is the better, who is the better guy in the box? And, you know, how'd you do this and that? Like it's just, it's brilliant because. You buy everything of it. It doesn't feel cheap. It doesn't feel like a procedural, but yet you're seeing the, I mean, that's the formation the, of all of it. That's exactly. the beauty of it. I, if this show was just the interview segments, like we'd still be talking about it as like mm-hmm. one of the best things in recent television history. Mm-hmm. But there's there's so much more. Uh, before we move on from supporting performances, I do want to shout out Glenn Fleshler who's just having an amazing year in general. He was on, uh, okay, so he's Errol Childress, mm-hmm. the uh, the Yellow King, yeah. if you will. Spoiler alert, 
by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Giant spoiler alert for this entire episode. Uh, but he was on Barry this year. That's where, you know, Did you I, watch Barry? I kept being like, where the fuck do I know this guy from? Yeah. You yeah. watched Barry? Yeah, I fucking Did love Barry, all dude. I fucking love Barry, dude. We gotta do a top ten episode. It's and definitely on my list. Season two. Can't wait. Coming for, soon. Can't wait for Barry. Okay. Uh, he was also on Boardwalk Empire, but also this year, uh, he was in Maniac. Have you watched Maniac yet? Is that the remake? No. The I've, TV show with okay. Jonah Hill? Yes. Same thing that's by the same guy who... Gary yeah. Joji Fukunaga, who yeah. we haven't really mentioned yet, but is, I mean, arguably main reason other than McConaughey and yeah. Harrelson and the script we can't we haven't really mentioned Pizzolatto at all well this guy the the Glenn Flesher he's you know he's gonna be in the Joker movie right yeah yeah can't Which wait for that told, dude I mean if they ever well it would be weird I was gonna say if they ever remake Zodiac he would fit oh dude quite nicely into the John Carroll Lynch role but they're like the same age that would be so weird okay uh all right Favorite sequence, standalone scene, uh, however you want to play it, through all of season one. Do you have a, a thing that you're like, this moment? Um, the undercover ginger Nazi raid on the um, uh, black apartment area, all in one shot. Beautiful probably my favorite scene of anything that i watched if i had watched it in 2014 it would have been my favorite 2014 oh, it's yeah. my favorite of this year again okay like i i there's how do you how do you top that? yeah how do you pick something other than that that's what i'm struggling with too but well, i mean there's other no, stuff I mean, too dude, but that if, and if i have to pick a favorite episode of season one that's it yeah because if i'm not mistaken the prior episode is that the one where we get the shot of reggie ledoux in the gas mask at the end at the very end of the episode creepy dude so you're expecting the next episode to be like all right this is going to tell us everything about that and like by the time you're like 15 20 minutes in the episode you're kind of like wait where are we going and then the back half of it transitions into what you just described which is like one of the most intense sequences i've seen in anything Mm -hmm. period I'll tell you a story about watching this as a dare, okay? Mm-hmm. So I would get to it late at night, of course, sometimes after work. I fell asleep about 40 minutes into this episode, mm-hmm. okay? I wake up to the sirens and stuff at, you know, after everything is wrapped out, when they're literally pulling out of the, the apartment complex. They're driving by the cops. And the, yes, uh, they're pulling out crazy. and credits are about to roll. And, like, <laughs> the, the music's blaring and the sirens are going and everything. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> Immediate, Because I was just, you know, I had this a lot with the show. Because it is very slow paced. And it kind of, it just, it lulls you in. Mm-hmm. And it, it's doing its thing. And so... You know, you always know it's like there's some big shit coming. Usually, mm-hmm. right around the forty minute mark as we head into the back half of the episode, and I just I was tired that night and I was fading. So I wake up, I see these going. And I'm like, what? The, what did I miss? Immediately rewind, do the whole you know, cover my eyes, try and rewind. Okay, it this back is about where I remember I was at. Yeah, dive back in, and I'm just like the next day. I'm just 
I'm freaking out. I'm telling everybody at work. I'm like, oh my God, are you guys watching it? Like, did everybody see this? I'm reading like every single article that comes out online. Yeah. It's just like, it was a moment for sure. Yeah. But I almost missed it because <laughs> I totally just passed out midway through that episode. Right before he like goes into that evening where he opens up the case, he gets all the old gear on, dude. And I just, oh, that turn of just like, we get so much information about Rust in that episode mm-hmm. and, like, w- why he's so good at what he does. And from the time he, like, meets up with them at that bar and they're, like, talking out by the fire and everything, every single moment of that has... You're just, like, completely on edge. Shout out to that guy, too. The, uh, the ginger beard ginger. guy. Uh, yes. He's definitely one of my standouts as far as supporting goes. I know he's Joseph, done a bunch of other stuff, too. Joseph Sakura. Uh, but, yeah. And also an episode where Marty really steps up. Because at that point, if I'm not mistaken, he's kind of on the outs with the wife. And mm-hmm. McConaughey's kind of been all over him where it's just like, dude, just like do your fucking job. Just like be a, <laughs> be a better cop. Yeah. And Marty finally kind of like starts picking up to the point where like... He was know, a maniac, too. They're in the... He is, and I think he's plays the son of Childress. Really, in the context of nice. Maniac, yes, you gotta watch that show. Dude. I'll, I'll, it's it is fabulous. Definitely one of my. I'll favorites make sure I do year. that before we start the uh, top tens. Yeah, definitely. If you're gonna make time for one other show, okay. that should be the one for sure. And not as long as you'd think it is, because some episodes are like a half an hour, some mm-hmm. are like forty five minutes, some are like an hour. So you could burn through it pretty quick. All right. But yeah, we could we could talk. Uh, it's episode four, correct? Yeah, and we could talk. Well, the thing is, the whole is podcast like, on it if we wanted to. But it's just the beauty of it is that like even I I lose it because I'm like watching this and I'm like, oh fuck, what's gonna happen to him? Because when Marty goes to like just to put eyes on him, he's like, I'm just my friend in AA, yada yada. I'm like, oh dude, they're gonna fucking kill him. You know, this is some green room shit. Oh, they're yeah, going to fucking kill him. Exactly. And it's like, wait a minute. This is a flashback. I know he's going to be okay. Exactly. But there's still that tension. Like, there's so much tension of just like, well, what did they have to do to get out of this and everything? But going back to the Marty thing and him stepping it up, I remember you're watching Russ go through all of this shit in that unbroken, like, six and a half minute take. And I remember, like, just as he, I'm like, all right, dude, he made it out. The next thing I'm worried about is I'm like, Oh, Marty better not fuck him on this. Like, where? And then Marty's right there with the car. Mm-hmm. And he gets him. They get Ginger. Like, everything kind of goes off without a hitch. And I was just like, dude, that was exhilarating. That mm-hmm. is just like filmmaking of the highest caliber right there. Yeah. You're just in it the whole time. I like that. You can watch that sequence in isolation, knowing nothing about the show, and you just immediately are right there. But if you have the three and a half episodes of build-up and you're like this this is who russ cole is yeah like it it just takes it to a whole nother level and that is such a mythical character in my brain at this point to begin with but that is the episode that cemented is just like holy shit do we don't know this guy at all he is super cop he is literally texas super cop yep to the well and to the point that like when you when you fall so you know we go from there to what happens but I want to jump ahead just a tad bit before we talk about like the middle and then we get to the end um, when they start talking about what he's been doing since he left mm-hmm. because we've been not lied to but because we've been told a different truth than what actually happened 
I'm wondering where where's Russ been? Did he actually go to Alaska and work on boats? Has he not, or has he been in Louisiana this entire yeah, has he time? Never stopped working. Never. He, I mean, he's and it never, never stopped. It, yeah, it also never quite nails down exactly the timeline on that. But yeah, but that's the beauty of it because you know from there they meet the cook. They follow the cook back to you know where we saw Reggie with the gas mask, and they do apprehend him. Which, and that that scene. Oh yeah, that's where, probably my second. Well, no, favorite. I was gonna say the scene at the bar, <laughs> right after they've talked, they've gotten ginger and everything. But he where that guy looking into his soul or some shit. Yes, like that. I seen your soul. And that guy like is just absolutely terrifying. Okay, yeah. cut to like two years later. I'm watching Lady Dynamite on Netflix, mm-hmm. one of my favorite shows in recent memory, and he plays quite possibly one of the sweetest individuals you've ever seen and is her boyfriend for two seasons and it's it's such a crazy juxtaposition dude because i you're could, like i could oh, not Andy, get true detective exactly man. but he literally looks the exact same like the stringy hair the same beard and everything it's just his inflection his mannerisms are different and you're like i love this guy i'm not creeped out by him but yeah. it took me like a few episodes to adjust because i was like that's the dude from true detective he was no. fucking around with reggie ledoux man don't no, no. don't go near that guy but he no. turns out to be a total sweetheart what? i think his name is olafson or i i i don't want to butcher his name and i don't have it in front of me but okay uh so yeah that whole sequence the big shootout uh that were of course it's described way more crazy than it actually is mm-hmm. Cause but dude the whole moment where like the landmine takes out the dude yeah all of that stuff, finding the kids, Marty putting them down, you know, putting together, we've been lied to, here's here's the yeah. actual story. I, yeah, I love that, because they, they praise the, them as And heroes. the moment of just like, well, what the fuck happened after that? Like, they got back where to did it. everything they go? Thought, they thought, and I love that it's like, it's a hero's welcome from their people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, after a while, she came back around, you know, we got back together, it was all right. But there's no, like... You know, you you hear so super caught Marty goes around to flank him, you know, and mm-hmm. just as about he's reload, boom, Ledoux in the head. But really you see shit, get the cuffs off of him, I'll fix this. And you see Russ out there with the AK just shooting it where they would have been to all right. because I mean it's all about how the story you tell. It's all about how you tell it. And, you know, knowing and the shots of them coming back with the kids and all that and finding out what happens with that? You you think that you're like okay, all right. Well, we've got this wrapped up. We know who did what. We know you know Ledoux was a big to do. This was him. This was him and his buddy, and that's that. And I think within that same episode, we get into. Do we not get into the guy coming back and saying like you know I know something you don't know? Is that at the very end of that, or is that the start of the next one? Might be the start of the next. I can't one. remember. I'm not sure. Yeah. The back half kind of blurs together for me. Yeah. Uh, we do have to shout out a segment that I want to definitely introduce: the worst detective of season season two, or season one. Excuse me. The worst detective. Yes. Who do you think it is? It's Steve, right? Who's Steve? Steve Garacci. Who's that? The one, <laughs> the fat guy on the boat. Oh yeah, yeah. That became the sheriff. Yeah, the one who. Yes. Yeah, he wrote off total the, shit. He yeah. also plays a total shit. Also named Steve on Deadwood. Oh, just okay. by the way, 
But yeah, he is, oh god, he's so unlikable on Deadwood. Kind of almost redeems himself by the end of it, but he just, that guy plays such a great shit heel. It's fantastic. Um, but the whole thing with him on the boat, also shout out to Rust Bar Buddy, who's like an old war vet, yes. who's like an ace sniper. Yep. That guy who I don't think has a single line of dialogue nope. in the entire season and see, is one of one of my favorite characters. So I'm watching it the last time, and in my head... I'm thinking, well, this guy's kid got taken. Like, obviously, that's why he's helping Russ. Yeah, like, no, his I think kid, they mentioned it. Briefly. I thought so. I maybe and I maybe they give I him a little it. bit of a backstory, but he again, as as far as I remember, I don't think he ever has. A I don't line think of he does either. Yeah, unless he's just kind of like nods or says something mm-hmm, or whatever when he's laying out like all the stuff they have to like send if they don't hear back from him and stuff like that. But again, I mean, it goes into the art direction of the show, every, everything feeling so lived in and everything, that guy who does not have a ton of screen time, you invent this whole, you know, what's the relationship with him and Russ in the same way when you're reading a good book when it's like you can get some of that there just through, like, interaction yeah. and shit. And so what what we can we can start move. I know you, you may have more questions, but just to move in general along, we'll say spoilers right here. So another thing I wanted, one of my favorite scenes is... When you, what is it? The is it the very last episode, second to last episode? Is it seven? Where you go back to the school and you realize that, like, Elroy, uh, Tuttle, like that, he, Russ and Marty were right there in front of him, mm-hmm. but they couldn't see how tall the dude was because he was sitting on a lawnmower. Yeah, and that and because of the sun, they didn't see yeah. the scarring and all yeah. of that stuff. They thought, or they thought it was just mud because he'd been working. Like mm-hmm. they couldn't tell. The realization that like you were that close to him all those years ago, coupled with what Marty does by blowing Ledoux's head off and not getting any answers, those two events allow Elroy to continue. All this time, because we're supposed to be in 2014 when we're watching this, right? It's supposed to be taking place present day. The idea that it happened in the 90s. And since that event where they took out Ledoux, from then on, through everything that happened in New Orleans, Katrina, all the terrible hurricanes, all of this, this guy has been systematically moving around Mm -hmm. parish to parish, school to school, town to town, and people are disappearing. And no one knows. No one files it. Now... I love that it has the political connections of Billy Lee Tuttle's a minister and there's the schools made up by him. Mm -hmm. His brother's a senator or something like that. And it's this old creepy like band of old men who have this creepy weird like sex ritual with children. Like that mysticism of like that is about as mystical and like fantastical as I got. But because I don't, I mean, I believe in that shit. I like how vague they still keep some of that. Because it feels like, you know, and they talk about it in the last episode, you know, can't get all the bad guys, but we got our one bad guy. And there is that feeling of, like, we just, like, scratch the surface of something, mm-hmm. but there's this whole other vast conspiracy. Because sometimes you touch and darkness and sometimes it touches back. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but I love that we don't go too far into it because it keeps everything, like... The way that videotape is presented. You have no idea The fact that we see just enough to disturb the hell out of us, and then the rest is completely played on Mm -hmm. Marty's reaction. And and Steve's, because they show him Yeah, Steve as well, who, like, completely loses his shit. And, yeah, so what we're imagining is, like, 
so much worse yeah. than than anything they could have shown us. Yeah. And yeah, that coupled with like the slightly creepy demeanor of Tuttle. So I do, I will never get over the time that you texted me. It was like, oh God. Ranch Wilder's a pedophile? And I was like, I can't, this was probably like right when like the Me Too movement was starting and it, was it, seemed, was like, it seemed like every single day there was a new person or whatever. So I immediately thought that is what you were talking about. <laughs> I was like, Ranch Wilder, I don't know that actor's name, but I know who he's talking about. I'm like, pedophile, like, god damn, dude. And to come to find out, you're literally talking about True Detective Season 1 and the reveal of, of Billy Lee Tuttle. Yes, but um, uh, J.O. Sanders. J.O. Sanders, yes, who is, let's be clear, not a pedophile, not accused of any wrongdoings that we are aware of. Yes. So, yes, that was just a very funny misunderstanding between Gavin and myself. Yo, you'll know him from me. He was in the outfield as Ranch Wilder. Of course. The Big Green as the uh, Coach Jay Huffer. Dude! Yep. Daylight. He's a great, great kid movie villain. Kiss the Girls. Forgot about that too. Along came a spider. Okay, we don't have to. We don't have to go down the whole rabbit hole. Good actor. Uh, oh, good dude, character. Red Dead Redemption. I didn't realize that. Okay. I was just trying to see if I'd see him in anything else as well. Oh, he's in the center too. I have to watch that. Okay. Yeah. So we we get. You want to get to the back half? Absolutely. Okay. So you were talking about it. He was right there all along. Yeah, right there they all along. The, be- the beauty of which it. Which is, I feel like something we've seen a handful of times in movies and TV. But the way like, it's played. Where it's like, we showed you it at the beginning who it is, you know, but mm-hmm. it took us the entire series to reveal to yeah. you, this is who it is. And another good one, the, uh, I don't remember what episode it is, but when they are out at the tent revival and Marty's talking about how like people need this and this is something they need with religion and Russ is going on his thing and he was like, if all it takes for these people to be normal as a belief in God, then yeah, I want to know exactly where every one of them is because I don't want them around me mm-hmm. or like society. If at all, the, all, all it's going to keep them from being what true, hum, like the, the true worst of humanity. If all it is, is a belief in a religion or a deity, then I do want to know exactly where they're at and what they're doing because I want to know where they are to be, to like contain them. Cause he, you know, in the back and forth with them with like, Okay, let's just not talk about this shit in the car. Like, just shut up. Like, the, them constantly telling him to shut up the entire time. When he gets to the thing, like, I'm the least, I'm the least person in need of counseling in this fucking state or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. He he totally knows what he's doing. Like, you you all are full of shit. You have no idea, like the scope of this dude. And you know, yeah, one of one of the most self aware characters. Yeah, ever. He's definitely well, um, absolutely. And that's just. There, I, I don't know how to isolate it to one thing that just makes I don't know what it is about Russ that is just so it's such a dark individual, you know, who goes through all of this shit. But like, we just we love him. We think he's cool. We think he's badass. Damaged for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think where it all really comes together for me is in the final episode after everything's wrapped up. Oh God, dude, that that. <clears throat> From the time that they go in after him into Carcosa, that area, and to that, give him every award for everything. That last performance, his last bit of what he was, I, I mean, that's that's a notch above everything else you've seen the entire series. Exactly. It's perfect. Uh, could not have wrapped it up better. And for me, it really, it hammered home uh, 
what I need for for any show, really, at the end of the day, if it has an emotional punch to it by the time we get to the end, and that's where it's like it would have been so unsatisfying to me if it had devolved into like, oh, it is like some Lovecraftian shit, and a giant wormhole opened up, and you know, creatures started pouring out of it, and like he saw some, you know, once you see the Yellow King shit. down in that, yeah, yeah, he's driven to madness, all of that mm-hmm. stuff. The fact that it brought it home to his daughter, which is the key point of just Everything so much of him. why he is the way he is. Yeah. The fact that it tied it back to that and gave him some kind of emotional closure and really like cements back in your brain. It's like, you know, him and Marty, vastly different people, vastly different outlooks, but they managed to kind of find a way to work around each other for the common good and that whole side of it too i really liked where it's like again really different viewpoints really completely polar opposite views on the world and humanity in general yeah but if those two guys could kind of like tussle it out and they do tussle it out oh God, quite a yeah. few times we didn't even get into maggie and all of the stuff with you know her and rust and yeah, vice versa. We don't have to. It's great stuff, though. I mean, no, it's uh, worth um, it. It's. I don't want to. Michelle Monaghan. I feel like we we didn't shout her out, but she's she's the unsung hero. Every every beat she plays against Harrelson to me is just like fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, but yeah, the fact that they ultimately like figure their shit out enough to get some actual work done, even though you know if they had really pressed it back in the day they could have prevented a lot more murders but like they try and make right essentially Mm -hmm. at the end of the day and the whole like you know the light the lights winning that shit totally plays for me every time i watch it i get worked up it's just it's beautiful man yeah i i absolutely love where it leaves the and the fact that it ends on character it's not some final like oh but the murderer's still out there or like oh there's a teaser for another case we're setting it up for season two it's like no it gave us such great closure that i was sitting there going if they never do another season of this yeah this goes in like the record books mm-hmm. and then and then they did a season two but it <laughs> it's it's like i don't know i i can appreciate it as just a brand like it's not it's exactly. just it's and just I, a show again the approach of anthology regardless yeah it you know i mean this is what carpenter wanted to do with the halloween movies on tv that's that's all it is for sure it's like how you can say oh, i don't like that twilight zone episode but the next one the, that aired the you know the following week 40 years ago i really like that one mm-hmm. you know it's like they're all the twilight zone but they each have their own title they're all true detective but they each are like self-contained into one season and that's the beauty of it and i mean i don't know what to expect with season three i haven't read anything i don't well, want to read anything i just know I, who's in it and that's all i give a shit about. i am literally just going from the trailers and the brief outline which literally hbo has released i'm not i'm not reading any critiques or anybody who i think some people have seen the initial couple episodes i don't know but uh it seems like they're playing with the timeline again, trying to get back to a little bit of, of the magic of season one. Mm-hmm. Because from what I understand, it's him present day going back through an old case, trying to make sense of it. And there's mention of like fractured memory, et cetera, et cetera. So 
I think this is going to be more of a case of maybe we get into unreliable narrator and maybe yeah. some of the stuff we're seeing, if we are within Marshall Ali's brain, uh, can be a little more dreamlike or weird, you know, which could be fun to play around with. Yeah. But that's my thing is like, if they're going to start playing with the timeline thing again, and of course, season two dips into like, we're dealing with past events, but everything is told in a we see linear structure. It. And that's the one thing I did. I, I forgot about watching, rewatching season one was when he says, yeah, they're jumping back and forth between time. But in the episode where they go to do the stakeout, they go the the one or um, uh-huh. four. He's like, I've been here for a couple weeks now. People and people have been noticing me around. And I'm like, I don't remember him saying that because the way if you don't catch that line, the way it looks like is they go over to wherever they are. They're there for a day. They're back into it. People know him. And it's like, boom, we're in. We're back at it. But he says, I've been around for a few weeks. People notice me, you know. And, of course, the entire time they said, oh, I took a little personal time. I had to go back and see my pop, you know. Mm-hmm. No, he was working a case. Exactly. You know. Yeah, no, they spot him at that crime scene and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's when we're still like, what the fuck? What is Russ doing there? What's going on? Yeah. And then I feel, then you feel bad for, like, ha- doubting him. Yeah. You're like, oh, man. Yeah. How could I ever think that about Because Christ? at every single turn, when you think and you can there's jump... also, there's parts of the season, which we didn't even talk about, where it's like, did Marty do something? Because oh, yeah, all twice. of the he stuff did, with He did hit, something twice. Yeah. He cheated. Exactly. All of the stuff with that, though, and the level of, like, indignation and, like, not full-on physical violence, but, like, verbal abuse and stuff that he gets to. Mm-hmm. And he does get physical sometimes with his wife. And I can't remember if it's with the girlfriend as well. Or does, doesn't does he beat the shit out of, like, a guy that she's out with? Is that a thing? He comes into her house. He sees her out. That's right. Okay. And then he comes in her house mm-hmm. like, did she suck your dick? <laughs> Just a little bit. I thought so. But another thing you don't think about, which I, I, I love, which is brilliant, is after his, there's a lot of shit going on with his daughter. And you're like that never really gets you're well never really comes to anything yeah but you get that like the fractured relationship he has with his wife is bleeding over into how his kids see him definitely and, and it's like very it's very background but it's to the point where like a lot of people point to that scene where when she's still little and he walks in and there's a Barbie laid down naked mm-hmm. and there's like a bunch of other dolls surrounding it. And so many people, because it was in that time period where people were still on the Yellow King tangent and, like, internet sleuths are trying to figure out every single little detail. And they're like, oh, God, Marty's daughter was, like, in one of these camps at some point because, like, literally that's the same layout as the video that we see later. And, like, all of this shit, okay? I didn't even think about that. And then it never, like, it never came to anything. So a lot of people looked at that as a dropped thread. But when you watch it a second time, it's like... No, it's more just like kind of symmetry he's between it those home, two things. Because he but talks about not wanting yes, to bring his work he's home. He's bringing his work home. That's yeah. the main thing we're meant to get from that. Not yeah. that there's a direct literal connection. But yeah, the way that that's threaded and it ends up kind of coming back to bite him, like basically his worst nightmare where she gets to as a teenager. Um, Which leads to how he deals the, with that. Yeah, yeah dude, that, just, that is another one of those I'm like, you know... That's where I'm going to go. We don't have to have the debate of, like, he's a monster. who's the better detective. Well, yeah, no, we all know it's Russ. But it's yeah. like, he's a monster. And, like, the whole scene, you're like, this dude's a fucking monster. But then when he goes outside and throws up, you're like, no, he's just a dad. And he's a dad that's seen the worst of humanity, and now it's coming home to roost. And yeah. this is the only way he knows to deal with it, which is to fight back to it. 
to where like no other boy will go near my daughter because those two are gonna be like they're not gonna I mean you know they may not go run and tell but if they do go tell I'm the fucking police yeah you know his I mean th- I think McConaughey kind of it is it's so much a two hander but I think McConaughey kind of overshadowed everything it was part of the McConaughey and like he was having a moment and all of that stuff yeah but I think what really gets like kind of forgotten is how essential Harrelson is to a lot of the comedy of the show in general their dynamic as a whole but he really made you know McConaughey makes a huge physical transformation over the time jump but Harrelson the way he morphs his physical performance of where you just feel that Marty has kind of been beaten down by like you know he the first chunk we're watching him he looks like a fucking like college football player you know he's like the all-american dude and everything yeah, with a big and, yeah exactly <laughs> but by the time you see him and you know he's balding and everything he looks you know woody harrelson still looks great bald and all of that but um you just you kind of feel him more sunken in and lived in it's like you, you know, know he's separated you know, from his you know wife and all all of that stuff do you I know love what's brilliant about that gets, what's that because after you see what happens between the two of them it fits the way he moves the way he walks around the way he inhabits space in the present day it's all from his back getting fucked up being thrown to the back of that car that's that's where it comes from that fight is so fucking dude, brutal so dude. I, I love, love it, it. Yeah. Oh man. I love because I love that you see that fight, you see the broken taillight, and whenever he finally, would you follow me, get a beer. Matter of fact, would you buy me a beer? And you see like the bus, the same busted taillight. He never got the truck fixed. Nothing. It was the same taillight from that fight, and that's it. And you think that they're gonna square off, you know? And of course, when he they they drink in the bar, he takes him back, and Marty's like, I don't fucking know, man. And he pulls out a pistol, and the light comes on, and goes. What you what you packing? You know what you carrying or whatever. It's like it's beautiful. Yeah. You know, and I mean, like I said, I can't wait for season three. I definitely want to get into a little bit more beat by beat with two because watching it a second time, it is making so much more sense. Because well, when I watch it the first time, because it was, honestly, that was my biggest letdown is the ultimate. You know, season one, the mystery maybe doesn't go where certain people wanted it to go, but you get the emotional closure, and I feel like. Season two just had too much going on yeah. that when we did get resolution to the core mystery, which was at a big that deal. point was not yeah exactly there was were more a things that to everything. Yeah. It just it never quite played right for me. But again, going in knowing where we're headed, maybe it'll play a little differently for me. So again, I look forward to again a, a season that I liked, but I admit is nowhere near the caliber. No. Of season one. It has its uh, good moments, and it has its stuff that makes it worth watching. But it doesn't have that rewatchability factor because there's so much. But, like again, like I said, watching it a second time, keying in on things and listening. Because you got to understand, when I watched season two the first time, it was... I think I started right after it went off, so I was watching one by one. And I probably didn't do it justice because I watched it walking on the treadmill with headphones at the gym. Terrible. It, yeah, maybe I didn't give it its due, <laughs> okay. but I got what was happening, but I didn't get like the subtle things that were going on in it. Because you got to understand, I watched I d- Birdman show up, then I watched season one. I'm like, well, season two's got to be even better. No, it's not. It's progressively, each episode, I was like, it's going to get, no, it's not going to get there this one. It'll get there with this one. We got, no, we're at the 40 minute mark. It no, def- it was just, it was terrible. It wasn't terrible, but it was a letdown 
And I'm. it's one it, of those, I'm glad does, I didn't invest. Though. I'm glad I didn't invest week by week as it was coming out. Okay. That's all I can it, say. Uh, it does have its moments. And I will say this, you know, two years removed from it, guess which season gets quoted more between me and my friends? Season two? Season two. Which one? the dialogue is outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> There's so... Oh, I'm going to save them, dude. Oh. I'm going to save them. We may even have to drop some of uh, Mr. Ray Velcoro in here. Yeah. Him talking to that young boy and his father on the doorstep. Him talking to his own son is so <laughs> fucked up. There's so... Oh, God. I am both simultaneously so excited and also dreading going through season two. Because... <laughs> I just There's like, some straight-up cringe-worthy moments where I was just like, Pizzolatto, dial it back. Yeah. Just, just, dude, you are trying so hard to outdo yourself and this, be edgy this and raw, what, and this is like, this, I cannot believe these people are saying these words to each other right is, now. This is what I love, because this is, I feel like, where this sets the tone for everything. So he, and this is why I do have to say before I say this and so we can get out of here, uh, thank you, AMC. Because if without you, we would have no true detective. So he does the first season of The Killing, right? And it's amazing. And everybody's like, The Killing, season one, dope. Okay? Wants to go in a di- He wants to go in a different direction for season two. And AMC's like, no way. Fine, I'll go do True Detective. He does True Detective, and it's amazing. HBO's like, what do you want to do? Uh, two, okay, go for it. He goes in his own direction with two, and they're like, ooh, we're not going to do a third one for a while. <laughs> I just think it's brilliant that that is the hallmark, you know? Because, agreeably, how the second season of The Killing turned out was not what anybody wanted at all. Mm-hmm. I, She was in the fucking trunk the whole time. Well, because like, come the on, whole man. first season told you we're going to get a beginning, middle, and an end. It's not Twin Peaks. We're going to solve the mystery. Yeah. Just fucking just wait. And then they didn't. Then they cliffhangered it. And they pulled a fast one on everybody, and people got pissed off. I never finished that show because I got pissed off. Oh, well, they find out that, like, uh, her... Sarsgaard shows up in season three, I know that. Well, basically... I'm not going to get to it now. Though. Yeah, well, they find out that basically the, uh... Dude, the... he was my boy for so long. Who? Peter Sarsgaard. Yeah, man. be all about him. He was, like, my number one guy, supporting actor-wise. And then Bill showed up, and you're like, motherfucker. I'm still a Peter guy. Okay. Really? Okay. If I gotta pick a Sarsgaard... Well, they're, those are not related, by the way. I know that. But He's if not I gotta pick a Sarsgaard, Alexander. Uh, it's it's Peter. I gotta go Alexander or Stellan. Right. I'll just go Stellan. We'll just kill him. I'll go Stellan. Anyway, yeah. So killing season two. It's Stellan Skarsgård loves Mars bars. There, you gotta have another one in there. Stellan right? Sarsgård loves champagne and Mars bars. <laughs> champagne and, and Mars bars. Yeah, we can add that to the list. Okay. But yeah, no, you. It, it, the what they did with the killing on Netflix to finish the entire thing was good. I don't know if Nick or anybody from the first two seasons that had anything to do with it. Season three was crazy, and I fucking Elias Cotes, man. I'd love that guy, but he also comes hate. In season three. Do you want me to don't, tell no, you? Don't, no, don't. No, come on. Let me spoil Dude, it for I you heard on Elias, the air. I heard Elias Cotes, and I know Peter Sarsgaard. So that's that. Maybe I'll. I'm never going to watch it. Tell me what happened. Okay. So <laughs> do you remember in the first one how she talked about she had he, she had dealt with a boy who'd been locked in a room for so long? Yeah. That was her first case? Uh-huh. All right. His dad is Sarsgaard. Okay. Uh, Cotis, whatever. Okay. They're captain. Okay. Find out in the end of season three, all these girls have been missing. It ain't Sarsgaard. It's been captain the captain the entire time. She kills him 
in the end of season three with no evidence, no out, out in the middle of this cabin in the woods where he would take these girls. Uh-huh. And Holder's like, don't do this shit. Like, we can take him in so we can get cleared. She shoots him anyway. Season four, there's a murder. There was a season four. That's what's on Netflix. Okay. Season four is them having to, because basically season three was done. AMC canceled it with, they've just killed the guy who's been killing all these girls, who has nothing to do with Rosie Larson. That got wrapped up by the fact that it was her sister-in-law or somehow one relative of hers that was dating some kind of Billy. It was. I don't even care. Basically, what Go happened ahead. was she got caught being in that casino. The kid was like, I don't know what to do. Put her in the trunk. And the call girl Can sister. We talk about how the killing is literally Twin Peaks, the serious version. Like, Twin Peaks take all the humor out of it. There's a missing high school girl. There's sex and drugs and teenagers. There's a casino. Like. Yeah, but there's just no mysticism about it. That's it, what I said. Yeah. All of the fun shit all the fun taken shit, out yeah. of it. Basically, <laughs> all of the fun. Removed. Basically, her like her aunt or like cousin or something that knew her mom was sleeping with the congressman dude, and she decided, "Well, I'll just take. Oh, fine. If the problem's in the trunk, boom. We'll just let the car go into the water, not knowing it was her own niece or whatever in the trunk." So the entire time you see her in the first season kind of consoling the father and being there when the mom runs off, she knows that she's the one that put her in the water, that she's the reason why she's dead. It's bad shit crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So season two ends. It goes into this whole thing with like (laughs) her first case with the little boy. Sarsgaard's on death row and she's trying to figure out if he actually did it. She finds out he really didn't do it, that it was Cotis. Elias Cotis. 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 It's always Cotis. It always is. And then again, the fourth one is there's a murder at a at a. Um, it's always Casey Jones. It always is Casey Jones. Fourth one is there's a murder at a military academy. They're trying to figure out what happened, if the kid did it, if he didn't do it, and they're slowly kind of trying to distance themselves from the events of three, trying to like get away with murdering him, to the point where you think it's all going to go down, and the Rocketeer shows up and just be like, nope. He died. Rocketeer's still in the show. In He's the four. governor, dude. Like he, once he gets <laughs> paralyzed, he makes it to the governorship, and you think he's gonna like she's gonna go down for all this because she, she. Is that the Rocketeer? Is that, is that the Rocketeer? <laughs> yeah. Is that Billy Connolly? No. Is it Billy? Is it Billy Connolly? No. Billy Connell. I don't remember that kid's Billy name. Billy Connolly is. I know Billy Connolly. Saints, right? What is? Yeah, that is Boondock Saints. What is his name? I dude. Oh God. Keep talking. Yeah. Find it. People, how lucky you are. You, you thought you were just hearing about True Detective Season 1. You got all four seasons of The Killing yeah. covered, apparently. I mean, if we're going to go ahead and say it, she's a shitty detective because she should have known it was her captain who she was fucking the entire time that was killing all these women. Wait, she was boning down with Elias Cateas? Yeah, that's... Got to watch this Dude, season. you got to watch Season... It's all on Netflix, man. Uh, uh, Billy Campbell. Campbell, that's it. But you think Bruce's she's... Bruce's better looking brother. <laughs> she's a... She's basically, she's like, I'm going to just tell them all. And you think they're going to wrap her manner. She's going to go down for this. And of course the governor, Billy Campbell shows up. Nope. We're going to leave it as he died. You're clear. You're safe. You're out. And the last shot of the season is Holder basically being like, I'm done. I'm not a cop no more. She's not a cop no more. I'm going to go make Alter Carbon. See you in a little while. <laughs> and they get together. I'm going to go make Robocop first. Yeah. And then do Alter Carbon. Yeah. Okay. And literally nothing else after that. He uh, was really, I mean, he. Mary He's the best part of that show. It's Marielle Enos, is that it? Yeah. Yeah, she was great, but, I mean, he was the standout oh, yeah. of that first season, and I don't, 
I don't know why I never finished it, honestly. It's, I mean, it kind of got lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Same thing with Halt and Catch Fire. I stuck with that for a good bit and then dropped off. And then people were like, Toby it's amazing. Hustin. And now it's over. Toby Huss. Hey, cat, don't touch that laptop. Yep. Once you get don't, down, don't be pausing nothing. Murph, get down. All right. Well, I guess we should wrap things up yeah. pretty soon uh, before he wraps things up for us. And he's gone. So, yeah. season one, big, giant thumbs up. Yeah. You know? Again, thanks, AMC. We appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks for saying no. I cannot imagine. I mean, I I want to know what he wanted to do for them to be like, no, we're going a different direction. Well, I just, I can't imagine this show. It sounds so cliche to say, but I can't imagine it without the language. I cannot imagine the show not on HBO. Mm -hmm. It just wouldn't be the same. It just would not be the same thing. I also don't know that you could have gotten Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson to agree to be on an AMC show. I'm just saying. Even with its profile at the point that it was when that was probably in discussion. But mm-hmm. anyways, it's a fantastic season of television. I would say arguably one of the best standalone seasons of television that's ever been made. Mm-hmm. At least in my lifetime. Definitely one of my favorites. I will be rewatching it many, many times over. I watch it usually at least once a year at this point. Can't wait to get to season two. Yep. We will be back this coming Tuesday with another episode of Tuesdays with Noah and Gav. But for this week, I have been Noah. And I've been Gav. And we've been the Blanchard Brothers. And if you want to come back next week, maybe it's time you start asking the right fucking questions. Ooh.